Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here and I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. Today we're going to be joined by Jan Wilker, one of the co-founders of the New York design studio Carson Wilker. But first I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, which is a creative challenge from Adobe. As logo designers, we spend our days communicating messages visually. So this is a challenge that will test those skills. How good are you at taking a few prompts and turning that into a mood board? That is what the perfect match is all about. And by simply creating a mood board and entering, you will be gifted with a $50 voucher. So if you want to take part, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play, then choose a brand name from the provided list, taking note of the brand's positioning keywords. Then take 30 minutes out of your day to create a mood board based on that and then place your entry. Note that submissions are not spec work and will not be used for any reason other than gameplay. And like I said, by simply entering, you're going to get a $50 gift voucher. But on top of that, if your mood board design communicates the brief clearly, you could become a contestant on Adobe's monthly live game show for a chance to win $1,000. And on top of that, throughout September 2022, you could also win a Wacom tablet. Plus, for each entry submitted, Adobe will be donating to the National Partnership for Women and Families. So by entering, not only are you getting $50 yourself, you're also going to be giving to charity in the process. So to learn more and enter to get your $50 voucher, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So moving on to this week's interview, it's one I'm really excited to share with you. So a few months back, I contacted Stefan Sagmeister, who's a designer I very much admire and would absolutely love to be on this podcast. Uh, Whenever emailing someone like that, I have no idea if I'm going to get a reply. Um, But if you don't try these things, you don't get. So I sent him an email and thought I'd see what would happen. And he replied. He said, I don't really design logos and identities anymore, so I'm not sure if I would be the right guest for you. I think you should ask Jan from Carson Wilker. He'd be a great candidate. Now, first of all, I want to say, just so that you know, I won't take that as a no. I'll try again at some point. But what I do think is important, when somebody like Sagmeister recommends that I talk to somebody, I'm going to do that because they're obviously going to be a really good person to speak to. So I reached out to Jan. 
Now, I'll be honest, I wasn't aware of Carson Wilker previously. Um, they are a design studio based in New York. So I, I, I looked them up. I reached out to Jan and he kindly replied. But rather than simply book a time slot in to do an interview uh, like I normally do, he was very keen to have a chat prior to that. Now, I did my research prior to this, so I had an idea of the type of questions that I was probably going to ask during the interview. So I spoke about that with him. But one thing he did uh, recommend to do was read a book by their studio that was released about 20 years ago, which goes into detail on their origin story. And that is a book called Tell Me Why. So immediately after the call, I ordered a copy of the book. Um, it is out of print, so I needed to grab a second-hand copy. There, and then we booked in uh, time for the interview a couple of weeks later. So for anyone that's been following the podcast for a while, you'll probably be aware that I'm quite a big book reader. But this year, I haven't read that many books. But it was so nice just to sit down, chill, and enjoy this book. Now, this book covers the story of the first 24 months of a New York design company. But unlike most books from a design studio or company, it's not all their good stuff. This is a story that tells everything. And it's so nice to read such an honest account. This is two young guys who just decided one day to start their own studio. They rented an office even before having a logo or any clients or any work to even show. And Jan didn't even have a visa at that time either. They made so many mistakes. They made so many wrong assumptions. They failed at so many things, but they managed to make it work. And, and they have done so for the past 20 years. Now, one thing that's really cool was to be able to find this book for the first time, read it, and then sit down with the person, you know, one of the founders of this company 20 years after it was written. It's, it's a little bit like reading the book when it came out, getting in a time machine, traveling forward in time, and then sitting down with them. So it's really cool to sit down with one of the founders of the studio after reading this book. Now, there was so much that I wanted to talk about. So in this case, where with most interviews, I will actually plan out questions I want to cover. In this case, I just listed a whole heap of topics that I feel that we could speak about. I have a feeling that I could probably have spoke with Jan for the entire day. <laughs> but yeah, I capped it to about an hour. And I really feel that this is one of the best interviews I've done in a long time. I really enjoyed the conversation and listening back to it while editing. I really enjoyed listening to it a second time. So in this interview, we discussed the early journey of starting Carson Wilker, you know, some of the topics of the book. I asked him about what he would do differently if they started from scratch. We talk about the approach for graphic design, which Jan describes as a playful exploration. And that's an approach that I've not heard or seen others do. So you might also find that fascinating. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's just get into this. Here is the interview with Jan Wilker. 
So normally what I do for interviews is actually write down like a, a list of questions so I've got some kind of structure. But in this case, I just wrote down a whole load of notes of stuff that we could potentially go through. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> we could talk for hours, I feel. But I want to ask you about one thing, because I don't know if you've ever been asked about this, and I think it could be a fun little icebreaker. So in your book, and I don't know if this is true, so... For listeners, prior to doing this interview, uh, Jan kind of recommended their book, Tell Me Why, which was written like 20 years ago. And um, it's really cool to be able to you know, speak to you after reading that book, knowing that we're 20 years on from that. Um, but there's a short story in there about this like side agency thing called uh, Parasite, where you would break into agencies and use their stuff out of hours. Is that real? Is that actually a thing? <laughs> or are you just playing? <laughs> are you just having uh, some fun with the book? Uh, yeah. The, uh, it's <laughs> um, Have you been asked about this before? Uh, no. No, no and, really? And was, in 20 years, was, nobody yes, has asked. Yeah. I was always <laughs> hoping someone would ask. And it's funny that I had to wait that long. So I'm a little bit uh, surprised. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, um, so I went on your website and yeah. I found the page for the, for the book. And I saw on the side, this little audio clip expecting it to be like mm -hmm. an audio version of, um, the content about the book, but it was basically you two talking about this, how you mentioned this story, you convinced, uh, is it Claire, yeah. the person that exactly. wrote it, yes, to, Claire, to yeah. put it in and nobody has asked you about it, but exactly, yeah. <laughs> is it even real? <laughs> Uh, the story itself, well, it's a real story, but, but it's, it's fictional. Um, <laughs> so we always thought back then that it would be great, um, to, to do that. But since we, uh, had our own studio, we didn't need to, but, uh, other people used our studio, like friends of ours. I see. Um, they, I see uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we allowed them to, uh, use our studio, but then at some point, of course, when, when, when I guess paying the rent didn't turn out to be as easy as we thought and hoped it would be, um, we certainly thought about it would be great to have this underground club where we just um, get these keys of these different agencies in New York and we just go there at night and uh, <laughs> weekends and we just and we just use their infrastructure. Uh, without them ever knowing and we just use their paper and their <laughs> scanners back then and color printers <laughs> i'm really amazed yeah. especially in somewhere not like new york and mm -hmm. um knowing that that particular book you know was uh, caused quite an impact uh, at the time i'm surprised that like the owners of the big agencies didn't think this is a fun idea you know just as a way of just hanging out <laughs> we just go to a different agency each week and um yeah <laughs> it would be quite a fun idea <laughs> yeah i we still agree yeah okay so i'm gonna go into the more like serious questions so you set up an agency like 20 years ago now mm -hmm. uh, just over 20 years ago i think yeah. i think it's it's more of a studio than an agency okay a studio mm. and i mean in terms of like things like marketing and stuff like that. Uh, reading your book, it seemed like you wasn't very good at it. <laughs> and I'm actually, you know, amazed reading the book that you was able to keep, really keep it going. So I think something that would be interesting to ask you about is 
what would you do differently now if you was going to start this? Because I was so surprised that you you basically came together. You started off by getting a studio space before you even have any clients, and and it just seems like a now anyway. It seems like a funny way of doing things. So would you do it in a similar way and just kind of find your way through things as you're going, or would you, based on the last twenty years? do it in a completely different way now um well well i i thought about it a few times how how i would do it and i'm i always came back to to the same thing that and that's uh, i would i guess i would do it the exact same way uh and that is i think based on a couple of um i guess experience that i had over the past yeah two two decades and that's that um uh, a lot of people would would um when they would meet me, they would say, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, cool that you're doing it, and I'm trying to do the same. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm working at this uh, uh, agency right now, and I'm trying to kind of uh, merge into my own thing. And um, a lot of people, they were never really able to to do that. Like the soft, soft move. I don't think I would have had the capacity to do that." That doesn't mean that other people couldn't do it. A lot of people have, but always when I listened to them, I thought, man, it must be so difficult to to slowly phase out of this mm-hmm. m- monthly paycheck and then work late nights and weekends. And I would not have had the, I guess, the the mental capacity to to do that or just energy in general. So for me, it was always that um, all or nothing. So if we're doing this, we're going to do it now and uh, right from the beginning that's such a surprising response (laughs) because i i I was thinking that since you've had 20 years experience that maybe you would um market things differently um so i i think one thing that you did really well back then and I would be honest for listeners, it's a great book because it's really honest and you kind of screwed up in so many ways, which is really um, kind of quite good to hear because I think a lot of people make those same mistakes but don't necessarily um, talk about it. But one thing that you did really well was uh, the mailers. So there are a few different examples that you included in the in the book where you know you would create these things and then basically send them out I don't know exactly how you did that because it wasn't specifically uh, written in the book so I mean those things that you were creating you would get like a uh, a few thousand printed out were you literally going door to door around the businesses in in New York and posting them through Uh, no back then I mean initially we were planning to print a high gloss like four color beautifully produced book, but we didn't have any work to show. So that would have been a waste. Um, so all we had was our thoughts and some fairly dry information. So we ended up printing uh, black and white on a newsprint. And um, I remember our first mailer announcing the like our studio formation, basically like this new, new formed entity that we are in business. Um, I think we must have labored over this for... I don't know, three months every day. And then uh, we went to this old printer in um, Chelsea 
and uh, I think he printed it in like two or three hours. <laughs> it was such a strange feeling for us to just labor over this for, for, for two, three months. And then the guy just whips it out in three hours and we come back and then that's it. That's what we, that's what we sweated over so, so much. And he would just do it in, in a heartbeat. And then uh, we, I think we printed 600 or 800 of these. It was all very cheap. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, and uh, so first of all, we we didn't have any contacts really to send it to, so so we would send it to our friends and family and parents, of course, and then uh, we. So also you're basically heard... posting it out, so getting addresses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Addresses. Oh to- yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But then we still had 550 left. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we ended up purchasing. Um, um, addresses in the publishing and music industry because that's what we wanted to do back then. And um, I mean, this is all the I'm talking about 2001 here. This is a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, so there were these companies that traded in contacts in in like postal uh, addresses and and names. So uh, we purchased I think 500 addresses and uh, contacts, and maybe one is like I don't know 10 cents, or, you know. 20 cents. Um, so that's what we used as our initial um, kind of like contact database. And then we sent this out to to 500 people. And um, some people in the music industry actually came back to us with a project. And that was um, uh, in the moment, not so surprising because that's what we were hoping for. And uh, we didn't really know the, the realities and, and, and the usual return percentages of these mailers, but uh, we actually did get some pretty substantial projects from this little um, uh, newsprint black and white mailer. Yeah, that was, um, that was very helpful, that mailer for sure, in the beginning. We were lucky. Was that, was that all prior to actually having any work to show? Oh yeah, we didn't have any work to show. That's why... That's why we just uh, resorted to uh, uh, <laughs> printing it black and white. It was this old, like uh, back then we did a lot of these black and white boxes and lines and 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 like infographic key mm-hmm. uh, 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 layouts. And we just wrote our our hopes and dreams and 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 fears and, and everything in between mm-hmm. on this big foldout on the front and on the back. It was just us, a, a photo of us. Um, looking a little bit stupid in in, <laughs> in, in suits that, that yeah. were way too big. Um, yeah, so uh, that's, we, we, we had to do it this way. There was no other way. We didn't have any work to show. Uh, we were forced to, yeah. to, to create something like this. And it, and it strangely looking back, it, it worked quite well. Yeah. And have you continued to do those mailers? Because like I said, of of all of the marketing that you didn't do, <laughs> um, that was one thing that was great. You know, you you did those mailers and um, it seems like that was one of the uh, strongest things that you did. So have you, have you continued to do that over the past 19 years since that book was released? Um, so after this came, I think, another announcement uh, for our website. Um, and then we did the book, the Tell Me Why book with Princeton mm-hmm. Architectural Press. I think this by itself was not only a book, but also I think this helped us immensely with, uh, I think, uh, 
getting our name out uh, into the, I guess, the design design scene around the world. So um, I think that that surely helped us getting recognized by by other design designers, uh, uh, schools, uh, um, uh, institutions, clubs around the world, uh, and festivals and conferences. So we would be able to to kind of um, start traveling mm-hmm. and getting invited to places, which was um, such a surprise. I think this this must have been one of the major surprises of starting uh, our own studio. That all of a sudden we were we were um, invited and asked to travel to places, and I mean that was an amazing time that I think changed so much in our lives and. And also made, yeah, it helped so much becoming the people that we are now. Um, yeah. I think that was really, I think, ten years of of traveling a lot. Um, was it was traveling just, for work or teaching or what type uh, of things was it? Workshops and lectures. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> to, to, I mean, to really everywhere around the world and they were all like paid things so they were paying you to travel and to speak and do work so some stuff like that or um i mean travel is paid the stay there is paid maybe we get a little bit of a lecture fee or it's kind of like in-kind things that hey you come here but i have a friend that has a cottage there and then you just stay a week you know uh after you do your lecture you can just go there and stay at this house or we're going to fly like I mean, there's so many examples of this and it's very uncomplicated and, and simple. And, and we were, we were, we were not asked by at the, at the beginning, at least by these like big name, glossy, high gloss places. Um, it was just, you know, a couple of friends in Ecuador putting together a, um, design conference. And then they, they asked us to go there and then we would, go there and then afterwards they would find a way to 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 fly us onto the Galapagos Islands as as our fee you know so I think that that was just amazing so that that's how I ended up on the Galapagos Islands for for 10 days (laughs) me me and my wife (laughs) and and that's just beautiful so um it was fantastic to see the people that would connect with us um would be the people that we just also get along with so well like by doing a book that was so open and honest um it was basically guaranteed that that the people that would contact us would be people that would be on a similar wavelength so yeah we have we had a beautiful experiences with with beautiful people around the world in these in these um 10 years or or, or 12 years that that we uh traveled uh so much it sounds like the book was probably one of the most impactful things in your career by by the sound of that response yeah in regards to uh being invited and to travel for sure Mm. oh yeah i think that that was a big thing i i mean the the book for sure was the um like the the biggest thing but um i think everything together like the 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 work that we continue to do our website you know the the things that we did um i think all kind of made 
made sense to a certain kind of person and then they they got in touch and and uh, invited us and yeah so that was yeah I, this is ex- extremely uh, like perplexed uh, but endlessly grateful for for all these opportunities it was um, yeah it was a rather surreal time um, to 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 go to all these places and of course traveling like, like this being being picked up at the airport by locals um, that that want you to be there and 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 that see something in you that is actually there because you know we we try to be as honest as possible and then they went through a similar thing there in their countries like starting their own studio and they're at the beginning so very quickly we we had this uh, um, uh, friendly network of like-minded uh, small studios around the world and uh, with some of them we still are in touch so it's it was it was kind of a beautiful thing to do this book uh, unknowingly to us that that it, that it would be the starting point of, of so many long and deep uh, friendships with with mm-hmm. with other designers yeah. I was gonna I was gonna mention that to see if there was any big plan with the book because based on because you there, there there was a part at the back of the book where you did uh, mention why you wrote the book and you know it's well I, I i don't know if this was something that you that was kind of new and different to to what was out there previously but normally when a graphic designer writes a book it's usually when they've made it and it's got all their best work and yeah there would be some advice that's honest and transparent but nothing like what you guys shared in that book because you know it's so much more relatable than anything else that I read, you know, like you, you really put everything in there. Like, um, I, I know something that I really struggled with when working for another company. So I, I didn't go all in like you did. It, I transitioned and it took me a long time to start my own thing. But you mentioned about how you were so uncomfortable on the phone. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if this was entirely like anxiety or if it was just because, you know, you, you wasn't comfortable speaking English then, but there was part in there where you mentioned about how, um, you were so uncomfortable that you, you pretended that it wasn't you (laughs) just to not answer it. And, and I've, um, I mean, I'm a native English speaker and, um, speaking in English, I'm comfortable, but in terms of like answering the phone, when I started out working as a graphic designer oh my god so nervous picking up the phone and um I mean people talk about this but it was quite nice to just hear <laughs> that that you were so uncomfortable in your own agency that you pretended that it wasn't you <laughs> it's kind of funny but sad at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah it it was it I, I felt so stupid and ill-equipped and comp- like I uh um I think the <laughs> denying myself like that it's yeah I, I'm not me here I will I will <laughs> I will I, I will uh, let Mr. Wilke know that you called <laughs> that was I think that was uh that was such a strange moment but I just couldn't bear it because I was just so used in uh, like in Germany to to use language as a fairly precise tool to communicate and in english i just lacked complete 
like no mastery at all. Like not that I had any in German, but, but the, the, I mean, all I had was my school English and, um, right. I, I could not, I had a very, 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 very dull tool. Like it was not sharpened. Like it, I had basically something that looked like a knife, but it wouldn't cut at all. So it was useless, that tool that, that I had. And it took many, many years for me to, I mean, even now, like, you know, um, I, I still use a lot of, um, uh, translating, uh, apps, uh, mm-hmm. English, German, German, English, and, and of course the source and all this, but, um, yeah, in the beginning that was such a, like, I felt so inadequate, like mm-hmm. how, how, why am I over here in New York? Why am I doing this? If I, if I can't even pick up the phone and to this day, I do hate the phone. Um, very much so. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you've improved. <laughs> I think I improved. And I, I mean, I'm here talking with you now. It's pretty mm-hmm. much like, like a phone call, but, um, yeah, to this day, I, I'm, I'm struggling with it, uh, much less of course. Um, but it's, um, the sense and the command and the knowledge that I have in German that when someone talks to me, I, I know so much about them. I know the region where they're from, you know, I, I know what, what kind of person they are. And here, I just don't have that. I don't hear it. I I don't have all the subtleties. And I think, uh, that was something that, that I missed dearly in the beginning. But, um, I think over time it, it, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I continue to work on it. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning, (laughs) doing my best. But yeah, that, that that was a funny moment in the beginning. Yeah, I but I just think it's good for people to hear that, especially for me because I'm somebody that's that's struggled with my speaking, and it's one of the reasons why I do a podcast um, mm-hmm. uh, to help with that. And I think just the transparency and honesty it helps people um, that because I assume it would be other graphic designers that would be reading that. And I can imagine that quite a few younger graphic designers read it that want to start an agency would, would check it out. And it's, it's kind of quite nice to hear that, okay, he struggles with that. And you guys made loads of mistakes and lots of things went wrong and you still did. Okay. (laughs) You still survived. And 20 years later, you've got, a well what seems to be on the outside i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong with this but what seems to be a very successful um studio so you know even with those bumbling errors and mistakes it worked out and i think it's it's nice to hear that even now given the opportunity to do that all over again from the beginning you would still do it in the same way (laughs) yeah for sure the exact same way and i think also i mean we don't need to linger on this much longer but in the mm-hmm. beginning Hjalti and I we didn't know each other at all I think we we went out for one drink during um like the my internship with uh Stefan and uh we didn't know each other but it just felt like the right thing to do and we didn't have anything to lose we were young you know and we were both newly in love with our now uh, uh wives it was just a time where it just that's what it needed to be and uh you know and we were just lucky that we were that both of us 
you know, are, are kind of um, chill in certain areas and, and, and other areas that are very dear to us. We are, you know, we we try to push ourselves and then everyone else very hard, and I think that that just uh, so far worked out quite quite well. And and that's of course just luck. We didn't know that in the mm-hmm. beginning. And I mean, I remember thinking that even if it's a year, it it will have been a great year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So something else I wanted to ask you about. So both of you have a background working with. Um, Stefan Sagmeister. Um, I know that you refer to him as Stefan because you, you're friends with him. And he is someone who I feel does quite a lot of, I, I guess, controversial things, you know, to get his name out there and, and, and to get known and, and things like that. And I don't know if you've learned this from him. I, I, I know that you as there only um, for a few months as, as an in, intern but I have noticed that there's a few things that you guys do as a studio which are quite different and I don't know if you do this intentionally so for example like just simple things like your email address at a fairly normal studio or some somebody or you know like a normal company would do like hi or um, hello or um, something like this at uh companyname.com for an email address but you're using tell me why which is like a reference to the backstreet boys and speaking with you after this it's not something that's in the book but something that you do now you have like an ice cream shop which is part of your studio and you um sell clothing and you do all these things which are not stereotypical of a studio they seem quite controversial and they seem almost as ways of um being a talking point is that something that you've done intentionally uh, to get that attention in the way that Sagmeister does with some of the controversial stuff that he's done? Um, I think just like our beginnings and and um, the way the our little studio, I guess, evolved, hopefully evolved. Um, I think all this is pretty much driven by our own curiosity and. I would also say that that we get bored with things quite easily. <laughs> okay. So uh, we always want to, I don't know, keep ourselves busy. And there's just so many things in life that are just so interesting and just beg to be explored more. And I think that this is true for our work every day as designers or like visual communication that there's just un. Um, I guess infinite amount of things that are just captivating and very interesting to 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 go deeper. And then there's so many things around it that are still extremely interesting. I think that I guess in general my point is that life and the world is so immensely rich that it, it's it's. Uh, I think it would take more energy to to avoid getting into all these other things <laughs> than, than to actually do them and try them out. It's, I mean, I, I just, I'm very easily excitable, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just so interested in, in all kinds of things that um, I just want to try all these things out. So mm-hmm. um, doing a little ice cream shop for the neighborhood 
makes sense uh, for us in in this in this um, area of New York where we are in in the community in the neighborhood where we are with the space that we have uh, ground floor uh, storefront like it all this kind of makes sense it's 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 not forced um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that that's also how the book happened it was not forced it was our um i guess curiosity and also our shock in the beginning that hey um all these glossy monographs they they make it look so straightforward and that mm-hmm. everything is golden uh uh in your career and uh somehow that was not the case so we wanted to just I guess bring a voice, and uh, no one else did it. So then we we had to do it ourselves. Like write this book, and as truthfully and kind of like the anti monograph of monographs that we don't write it uh, like twenty years and then hindsight and everything was uh, rosy and 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 beautiful and cool. No, we we write it when that stuff happens. So the first twenty four months um, we actually write it then when everything is fresh and just happened so that we don't start making up stories that that are nicer or i guess uh, make us look nicer than than it actually was i think that was the and it's kind of like uh yeah that 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 um everything we do feels back then at least felt more like a playground i mean we were much younger and um, uh, way more oblivious to things in the world uh, than we are now, and uh, like a certain arrogance that comes with with, <laughs> with youthfulness was certainly mm-hmm. um, that, that really comes across that you uh, are doing things that seem a bit crazy, like you didn't even have a visa, and you set up a studio which had rental costs no clients <laughs> it's so um uh i don't know what the word is drastic like it's like are you crazy i bet i bet there were people saying these guys are crazy <laughs> yeah it's, but it's only it's only drastic if you would have had all the information um yeah if, true. if 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 you just don't know i i thought visa situation is much easier like mm-hmm. i you know, uh, me growing up in Germany, uh, GIs were everywhere. You know, uh, uh, in the part where I grew up, and uh, uh, like these these army barracks were everywhere. And somehow, I never thought about it. I just thought somehow Germans and Americans are friends, and it 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 can't be that difficult um, to 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 do that. And it it turned out to be a little different, but. Um, I just didn't know. So oh, the, this arrogance paired with youthful um, obliviousness and also just a um, like like the um, the the the, the uh, ill-guided optimism of a of a twenty-something-year-old that that is unbeatable when it comes to to just starting things that do not make too much sense to to a 30 or 40 year old. Um, so I think that, um, it was in that moment, it was not crazy because it didn't feel crazy. It just felt like the right thing to do. Sure. And I think you had 
and I assume you probably have this today still, a lot of support. Like um, your first client was a referral from Sagmeister, which is, you know, really call cool him to do that. You had uh, family that provided financial support. So you had a safety net in that sense. Um, it seems like everyone that sent work to you was friends. <laughs> Um, you know, whether, I, I don't know if that was from marketing, like, uh, uh, sorry, in, intentional networking, or if it was just from your, uh, current network. But I know when on, on this podcast, when I've spoken about things like getting clients, it's the same with most people that they get their early clients from friends, family and stuff like this. And that seems to be very much the case from that book like the bulk of what came in was friends family friends of friends this type of thing has that continued to be a thing that a lot of your uh, work is coming from people that you already know that are friends they like you they trust you they know that you can do a good job um i think word of mouth is still one of the bigger ways of us um getting getting projects, uh, for sure. Um, but added to this is also like, I think we, over the years, we also just try to professionalize that, that area of our daily, uh, life in, in the studio that, that we have, um, that it's more streamlined and it's more, I guess, um, less random, you know, that, mm -hmm. that things come in, um, that, uh, uh, we have a certain, how can we, um, uh, yeah, that this pipeline of new projects is, is less reliant on chance, I guess, you know, that, yeah. that there's a certain, um, you're more like, likely to get clients exactly, based yeah, on yeah. the current process rather than, uh, what you did when you first started out, which was hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. So that we are a little bit more active, not, you know, not. Not that it changed that much overall, but there is some ongoing, like we, we have these portfolio books that, that we use as a tool and which we send out. So now they are four color printed, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 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 nicely bound and, you know, nice size and, uh, paper and all is this. Is that so, still going out to yes. friends, family? Um, not friends anymore. No, they, they, they got enough, um, <laughs> uh printed material from us they they're good on that uh and um no we use this uh, uh to send out to to people that we that we think uh we would be a good fit to uh, work with to reach out mm -hmm. to them and um yeah so so we're still doing this but yeah in the end i think it's still word of mouth and people see the work and um it's uh I think in the beginning we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just doing our work, but then over time it became clear looking back that we do have a certain kind of way of doing things and that basically naturally limits our appeal to potential clients. Mm -hmm. Like it's 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 just by I think from the very beginning by 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 doing what we 
wanted to do or did best or or were mo- most excited about um like future limitations would 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 be built in and um meaning there is a like a we're not for everyone and i think that that is also not um i think that's pretty obvious and that's how it should be you know if mm-hmm. if, if if you are who you are, then 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 that's who you are, and so not everyone will like you. Hence, not not everyone will like our work, and um, I think that 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 um, insight once once that was clear, I think is is helpful and makes things easier. So we're not spending too much energy to to convince people to mm-hmm. please please work with us. Um, it's much easier for everyone involved if they if they like what they see and if they can really identify something mm-hmm. with us if they see something in our work that that they really want i think then then everyone is happier in the end yeah i think one thing that really stands out from what you guys do over other agencies is that hey is a uh, sorry, eight you, studios. You, you, yeah, <laughs> I do apologize. I um I tend to use the word agency and studio um kind of as the same word. Yeah, I think if you would only <laughs> set foot into our space, you, you would be it would be very clear that 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 it's not an agency. What it's, would you describe what, what, is, what, what makes it different? What makes an agency versus a studio different? Is it size it, or, or what um, what is it? I certainly size, but I would also say that that um, a studio is kind of the extension of the owners, and it's clear to see. Like it's it's ran by someone or or, or a couple of people mm-hmm. that um, proudly bring in their personal convictions, mm-hmm. and I think an agency tries to sand these edges off and and appeal to a larger how interesting audience that's how i would see it okay so i, w- I want to talk about this because you sure. you are quite defensive about me using the word agency um what what is there with that it, because when you when you say that like a studio is almost like an extension of you does does that mean that uh so I know you have a small team. So I think if I have it right, you have like, what is it, like six people, five, six mm-hmm. people. Yep. Do you remain uh, fairly controlling of the output? Yes. How how does that look? And do you art direct and uh, get the team to do lots of different versions until um, until you're happy? <laughs> um yeah or i design myself like i you know sure. that's i i think we we're still making things and i just recently talked with yalti about it that the times when yalti and i sit in front of the same computer uh this and we work in the same file next to each other and he grabs the mouse for a minute i grab it for 2 minutes and then he again these are some of the most enjoyable moments that we have in the studio like actually making things it's it's that's that's why we started like the in the beginning we said we we're doing this to do kick-ass work you know whatever kick-ass means uh, (laughs) um, 
to to us and uh just doing this together is is it's a beautiful thing and um so we're not really kind of like uh, passive creative directors or anything like that i think that we we want to make things uh we need mm-hmm. to be involved we want to be involved and i think that's why why we also even if we wanted to and we surely tried a few times over the past 22 years to become an agency. Uh, somehow this has always been hindered by our need to be hands-on involved. And that means that that we it doesn't scale. Whatever we do, it just doesn't scale. We Always when we tried it, uh, we just lost control and it just didn't make us um, very happy. It was just so annoying to to see other people have all the fun and do what they wanted to do. And we wanted to do it ourselves. So that means smaller team and we are involved. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, th- that this is a good thing. It just, again, we tried it a few times and we just couldn't scale it. Our, our process, what we like about it, what keeps us continuing is the making of things. And if you are creative director to to 20 people or 30 people, you're not gonna sit there for three days and 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 design a logo, you know, moving mm-hmm. moving vectors around. You just that's not gonna happen. That that cannot happen. And yeah, we tried it and somehow so far at least we were unable to do so. Sure. So that's that's just a li- that's a limitation that has to do with our personal, um, I guess, choices and and um, uh, 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 roads to to happiness or fulfillment. It can change, of course, and I'm sure we're going to try again to 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 scale and to maybe become a little bit larger. But so far, we always were so happy when we were back to this team of six, seven. That's the maximum. Sure. So with this approach, um, it, it kind of makes me think of Pentagram, how they work, how they have the partner, they have the, the, the partner has a team below them. But when I've seen people like Paula Cher speak, she is very firm on if you work for her, it's, they are like an extension of her. They, they might do some of the work, but at the end of the day, it's her thing. <laughs> you know it's her studio within a larger company and it feels like the way that you're working is um quite similar you know i'm not saying it's a bad thing but our curiosity how does it work having a like you, so you've got seven people i assume that includes uh, both of you as well so there's five others within the company yes how how are you working with them if you if you want to retain the the authorship of them how how does it work do you do you give them a job get them to start on it and steer steer it yeah so um my answer to this is that um and it's like maybe a little bit long long-winded answer and that is the it has to do with the reason that we don't work with freelancers because we tried it and um, freelancers, they are, I guess, educated themselves or were educated by the, you know, by the design 
agency mm-hmm. business to to do certain things in a certain way and and we try to 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 avoid that like these these tropes and things and and uh we try to to have these being the starting point and freelancers they work very efficient and fast and um that's why we have this staff that uh, they all can do multiple things um they're not specialized in any particular thing and um we give them space to experiment um it's uh that's where this curiosity comes in it's that we we give them a day two or a week to just find something in in a certain area in a and that area can be defined by software shapes um time uh melody whatever like find something in this in this area um that is surprising and that that is something um something weird and um looking for this we do this together as a team so we look for these things and uh, so it's it's kind of like a expedition team you know mm-hmm. it's like exploring for the solution exactly yeah 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 exactly and i think that this is uh something that um uh that would be m- different from how paula runs her team for example so that um mm-hmm. that's more the um the creative director way where where you sketch something and then the other people can execute Mm-hmm. um we don't sketch as much because we don't know yet how it looks like so it's our direction is more hey um i want you to use this tool and this material spend three days and uh find something that is unusual i think this would be a direction so it's it's not as like we we don't think of it and then we draw it and then it's being executed but it's more uh, sending in individuals or teams or together as a studio on these um excursions or expeditions as as you called it it's not very efficient this way um but it is it is very entertaining i can tell you this and it's it's never boring um but it's also a little bit risky because you don't really know when you find something but that's 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 kind of our our process that that we um that we stood by and and perfected and and made many different subcategories of so we have this like the that process of of going somewhere without knowing where we're going i think that's mm-hmm. that's something that we've um kept and and tried to make a business out of mm-hmm. like if you want to say it that way like that's that's what we're trying to do and um it is as i said not not efficient at all so it, it's it's kind of opposite to to a streamlined uh a service business mm-hmm. that that um you don't really know where you're going but let's hope for the best um it's difficult to charge by the hour for this which we don't you know it's it, it's all fixed fees 
And then it's up to us if if we need three weeks every day to find something or if we find something in, in five days. Um, it's always challenging and it's still to this day also nerve-wracking to start something without having a clear idea of of how this will look like and what this will be. So clients need to be curious just as we are and they also need to be okay with taking a leap of faith with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how I would say that's that's what is similar, but that's also what's different from us and and um, dear Paula. I mean, you have to know that that uh, Paula and I are very good friends, and uh, the New York design scene is is very very friendly and close, and it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a very nice place to be. I have to say um, that uh, we all know each other very well. We respect each other. We we have dinners and lunches together and talk very openly about anything and everything and i think mm-hmm. that this this um openness to fellow um designers and and heads of studios is something that was there from the very beginning um i remember uh for like since we since you mentioned paula i remember them in maybe Two years after we started, they, or one and a half years, they asked us to come in and just present our work uh, in front of their um, uh, uh, staff, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, uh, Paula and Michael came to our studio, and and we just, yeah, it's. I was very impressed by by Paula being so open and and interested. Um, I think that's, that was a fantastic, um, thing to see. And, uh, so we, we try to do, to do something similar, to have an open door for everyone who asks, who wants to come in, who's curious. Uh, we, we, we let them, you know. You know, something that really comes across with you is that, your agency is oh, sorry i'm using agency your studio <laughs> is not a company it's very much part of who you are and almost like an extension of you because when you think or, or through this podcast when i, I I've, I've spoken to hundreds of different people in general, there's a very linear process that people follow. There's very specific things that people do to um, uh, focus on their income and stuff like that. And obviously you are doing that, but something that really comes across is that if it's not enjoyable to you, <laughs> you just don't do it. Like you, you seem to um, find ways of uh, just constantly enjoying what you're doing and finding it exciting and interesting. And that really comes across with, you know, creating like a ice cream thing and, and just trying other things and like your process, it's, you know, what, how, how I would think, you know, based on reading and, and, uh, speaking with lots of people, 
I would think that having a team, I I would need to kind of art direct them or let them have ownership of that. But the way that you have done it, it's almost like you, okay, we're going on an adventure. I want you to go exploring in all these different directions. And but you are very much involved in the process. And it that in itself seems to make it sound so much more exciting. Like it's not just about money comes in, job goes out. It's it really feels like you found a really nice balance of I love what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Is that right? Do you feel that? It that comes across to me anyway. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's I guess that's one side of it. Um for sure. I think that, that there are days where this is very much true. And um but I also don't want to miss I mean, to say two things, the the design process itself, like exploring is also not, it's not easy to do. Not not everyone can do it. It's something Mm -hmm. that, that you have to, uh, I guess, train and practice. So it's not that the people here, you know, uh, uh, leisurely explore. It's, uh, it's a craft that we are teaching them and they need to be really good at it to 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 be here um so just it's i didn't mean to to make it sound like oh you know we're just hanging out it's there is very much a um um you can be really good at it or you can suck at it so um we certainly do not have anyone in here that that sucks they they will not last here very long. And uh, uh, so that's one thing. It's that there is a certain uh, level of quality that still needs to be met. Uh, But for the right kind of person, it, it, it for sure is, uh, should be um, interesting and fulfilling. So, uh, people stay with us many, 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 many years. So like six, seven, eight years, people stay with us. And then we try to kick them out to start their own thing because that is the best thing for anyone to do. I still think um, starting your own thing is just amazing. To to Every morning to just come into your own little kingdom, how small it might be, doesn't matter. It's it's really beautiful. And even if it's for a year or half a year or five years, it doesn't matter. I think having done this, I think is very important. So uh, having said that, the, the other thing is that th- there are also days where where we question uh, uh, very much the way we do things that, as I said, working like this, a process that is based on um, exploration, mm. um, very like guided by by certain external parameters is is not very efficient so that means that you can only do that if you're okay with sometimes making less money you know then your salary is just like i'm talking about us the the people that work with us they always get the same salary but the, as as the company heads yalti and myself um then it's up to us to decide hey um are we okay not doing this or doing it this way? Uh, but we just make less. Um, that is up to us. And there are months where we're like, oh man, this sucks. This is so stupid. Why are we doing this? This is so 
so much energy goes into this and um, the client hated it or we hated it also and it was unsuccessful. We didn't find the right thing. Of course, there are these 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 weeks and months where where you um, question everything. So it's not it's not all perfect, but I guess testament to to us liking it is is that we're still pretty much doing it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying it's we 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 um, we figured it all out at all. That that's we didn't certainly. But um, working like this is the way for us to do our best work i think mm-hmm. um it's not easy um it's not it's it's not the best way to run a business um with with an inefficient uh uh a risky process that really makes little sense that that you that that's difficult to um reuse uh, previous knowledge or or work um, that you cannot build in um, recycle loops like that that's from a business sense it it it's sometimes very questionable um, but we came this far so and we I mean we're always also questioning and and questioning everything and and playing around with everything so um there have been many different iterations of 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 our studio but the one thing that seems to stay the same is or, or very similar is this is this process that is um based on playful exploration mm-hmm. yeah so i think one last question i have for you are you going to do a follow up to your Tammy why book uh, we talked about it so many times and we never really want to do it but it's like the 10 year anniversary we talked about it 15 years and then 20 years is now basically next year and uh, we always talk about it and people still ask us i think that's one of the most common questions that we get hey is there going to be a another book coming out and um we started a few times thinking about it um seriously but uh, I don't think we ever will do it. Sure. Uh, I don't think so. We, the, the only thing that we talked about is the that we do the last twenty four months of. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Of our studio, we do the so, start and the end. Yeah. <laughs> so once we know that that we're going to stop, I think that's when we're going to do the last twenty four months. I think this would be the only version of a book that we would do, and then everything that happens in these last twenty four months of our studio will will go in there. I don't um, think you're going to write that book <laughs> because this is so it's it's part of you it it comes across that this is more than a job this is your life and to close the agency is to bring end and I don't think that you would do that <laughs> I I think I actually, uh, well, I have news for you. I think, that, no, I think that we we would be able to. Um, okay, interesting. But, but only more recently. I think the for sure the first fifteen years or ten or fifteen years, for sure our our. I think our reason for existing on this planet and and our egos were very much connected to the success of the studio, but that just ended up 
really dragging us down. Right. Um, you know, when when things don't work as well, or you know, when 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 there are financial issues, or just you know, just, it's it's not not going so well in general with with the work or clients have strange um decision processes and whatever that is or we just you know write very very bad proposals and shoot ourselves in the knee as we did in the beginning um quite a few times that um that was not ideal to 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 have to have your persona that closely connected to the success of the studio so i think over over time, we we try to disconnect it more and more, or disconnect ourselves more and more. Of of course, we're still connected, and it, it, you know, uh, we have a long history with the studio. But um, I think we would be um, we would be able to end it, and on a good note or on a bad note. I think mm-hmm. that, and I'm very happy about this that 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 we we would be able to do it. Um, I feel like I feel like you need to call it a nothing but a heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, that could be, yeah. <laughs> Cuz it feels like there's a lot of you know good and bad things and and you know to to bring it close to it it would it goes well with tell me why. <laughs> I mean if 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 you want to if you want to grow as a person start start your own design studio. I think that yeah. that's that that I mean you know how it is uh, that it's very fulfilling, but not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's very fulfilling, but also it's it's extremely challenging, and yeah. and you are responsible for everything and anything. There's you you cannot hide behind anything. It's all you, and uh, everything that is bad about it, it's your mistake. So um, that is something that just continuously puts pressure on you. But if you're someone that 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 likes improving things and 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 yourself and, and all this i think then then starting your own studio is is the fastest and quickest way to to get to a new you in a way that that i was someone very different 20 years ago very very different um and uh i think that the that the studio or just you know running this and and trying to do a good job and and um changing with it and with the times uh is is immensely helpful to 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 become or what i guess was was uh was immensely important to become the people that we are now yalti mm-hmm. is is different i'm different and we, we had our difficult times and we still do you know but um there is something rather simple in in just um, continuously grow with the things around you and with the uh, with the things that clients throw at you. So this is this is design related, you know, uh, tool related, software, everything, all these areas. But then also um, becoming a better speaker, better on the phone, you know, um, uh, 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 better listener. Uh, better uh, uh, a boss, you know, like there are all these things that this is, I guess every day you're being reminded of your inefficiencies and the things that, that you suck at. Um, 
that it there's never a dull moment. You always know what to do, <laughs> what to what to improve. And I think that that's I happen to to enjoy this. Um, and not that I knew that that would happen, but um, I I happen to to do that. Um, and and we're we're still very much the people from from twenty years ago. But I, I would hope that we we improved a little bit. Um, and I mean, as you, you know, as I said earlier, we are both um, like when we started twenty two years ago, we just both met our like girlfriends back then we were both newly in love and then we both married um married uh married them mm -hmm. and we're still together with them and it's uh sometimes when i think of it is it's quite nice to know that we've been in this for so so long and uh yeah we we shared all these highs and lows um for for these two decades and um we still haven't figured it out it's it's still all fairly new and 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 to us and it's still so much to figure out mm -hmm. but yeah let's see maybe we will maybe we'll end next year or we will do it for another 20 years we'll see yeah. well you have to wait 24 months <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you can start documenting it writing yes, yes. stuff like that well I've really enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, prior to doing this, I tried to aim for about the hour and I know that we could probably keep talking all day. Um, but I, in terms of this interview, we've covered so much and uh, it's probably going to be a featured episode because it's been really interesting. So thank you so much for your time and thank you again for you know, pausing me to have a, a chat prior to doing the interview, which isn't something I normally do. And like I said, prior to the interview for um, getting me to read your book, I, it's been a while since I've uh, sat down and read a book. It's the first book that I read this year, you know, just because I, I haven't really been in the right headspace to read a book. But, you know, you've got me back into that and um, I really enjoyed it. And um, I'm sure listeners will want to check it out and, uh, follow along with what you've been doing because there's a lot that I think people can uh, learn from that whether that's be you know just to accept who you are and accept that there's going to be flaws and things are going to go wrong but you know that you can keep going and and it be a a, a success so thank you very much Jan for coming on it's been really great to be able to uh, spend this time with you Oh yeah, thank you so much. But I I have to say that maybe I uh, regret telling you to read the book because <laughs> it is it is really so long ago, and I don't think that that we actually ever read the book after it was published. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because you didn't actually write it; you got someone else exactly. to do it. So yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. probably forgot what's in it. <laughs> no, it's good. I think it made the interview better. I think it was a yeah. good idea. But it's 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 really so long ago, and. Uh, uh, I do remember that person back then, but uh, yeah, as it's uh, yeah, it's twenty years, and I guess it's the book has been out of print, so it might not be so easy to. Yeah, I had to get a secondhand, exactly, slightly yellowed yeah, copy. Yeah. It's it's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, thank you so much. And if we ever do it again, we 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 talk about something else. There's so oh yeah, many absolutely. There's a million other questions I can ask. Um, so yeah, thank you again. It's been really great. Cool. Hey, thank you so much. If you want to learn more about Jan Wilker and his design studio, head to carsonwilker.com. 
I will link to that along with all their social profiles, resources we mentioned, and a transcription of this conversation in the show notes for this episode, which you can find by heading to logageek.uk forward slash 144. Once again, I want to thank the sponsor of this podcast, The Perfect Match, which is a mood board design challenge from Adobe. Uh, By simply entering that, you will be gifted with a $50 voucher and you'll also have the chance to win $1,000 too. So to learn more about that and to enter, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So thank you so much for listening and I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.